Well, everyone's been talking about the quarterback position. It's the cornerback position that also is going to be very important to this Steelers offseason. Two cornerbacks are hitting free agency this year from the Steelers, just like how last year Steven Nelson uh, and Mike Hilton did for the Steelers. But should they keep one of them, both of them? Should they go big in free agency and get someone to replace them? We'll talk about Joe Hayden and Akella Witherspoon a lot in this Locked on Steelers episode. Also, with Presley Harvin talking to the Steelers media, he told a very touching story about what his year has been like losing his father and his grandmother in just a span of two weeks. Uh, his journey, his fight to get through this season, to deal with that, to to deal with his mental health while still coming in in a playoff game and punting well. We're going to talk about that, his impact, and what his outlook for the rest of his time with the Steelers should be. And then, of course, we're picking all the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs and all the games this weekend. Of course, joining me is Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. I'm Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button. If you are if you want to see more like it, hit the subscribe button on YouTube to get all of our daily content. And remember, if you want to support us even further, give us a, a shout-out on Apple Podcasts by giving a five-star review with a positive comment, and you'll get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Joining me, as always, on Jenna on Fridays is Jenna Harner of Channel 11, WPXI. Jenna, how you been? I am all in favor of renaming Friday to Jenna's Day, something along those lines. I'd love it. We could do that for sure. But I'm great. I'm so glad to be here, Chris. How are you? I'm doing just great. And uh, I know Steelers fans wish they had a game this this week. But listen, I think we're both sitting here like we we are glad to at least like take one things off our plate and uh, get to look at some other things. But one thing that the Steelers we knew going into this offseason was going to be important is what's going to happen at the cornerback position. Because for most of the 2010s, the cornerback position was a bane of the team. They couldn't find consistent ones. They tried drafting their Sanquez Golson, never even played. R.D. Burns didn't work out. There were a lot of questions that just never got answered. Uh, but when they signed Joe Hayden, they drafted Cam Sutton, they signed Steven Nelson. All of that seemed to go away for a few years. But now here they are at a crossroads where Cam Sutton is on the roster next year, but you don't have too many other reliable players at the position on that roster. And two guys who played well this year and have and, and were reliable, Joe Hayden and Akella Witherspoon, are set to be unrestricted free agents for this upcoming uh, period that's coming in March. Now, both could resign with the team if they want, but the question is going to be with the Steelers cap money, do they want to spend, you know, chunks of it on both on two cornerbacks or they want to go get uh, one of the guys that is out there, JC Jackson, who arguably is the best cornerback in the NFL. When you've seen his weight, the way he's played the past couple of years, he's a guy he'll be, he might be available in free agency. He might be someone that you want to pay big dollars for. And that kind of puts you in a, in a better position. But Jenna, we've, you did a great story on Akella Witherspoon and what he, what, you know, what he's, you know, how he's gelled in with the team, how he's grown and, you know, what it, what his journey has been like to become a, a good contributor to that, to that cornerback room. What is your sense of how quickly ha has he been able to find a place in this team? And if it's something that the team, that the, the, the team is going to be like, Hey, we need that back again next year. 
It's so intriguing. Witherspoon's story in general is just so fascinating to me. But, you know, he was traded here in September from the Seahawks. It was like what, a third round pick, a fifth round. No, I think fifth, it was a fifth round pick. Fifth round. I don't know why I'm thinking third. It was a fifth round pick because then people were saying, did the Steelers overpay? I mean, he didn't play. He didn't start until week 11. And then he, you saw this consistency from him. You saw this playmaking ability. He, he's, like I said, he's so fascinating in so many ways, but he has this incredible mentality where he's like, I want to be the best cornerback in the league. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. But he does it in a way where you can see him working hard. And it's not this like cockiness. It's not this, oh, I'm the best la-di-da-di-da type thing. He legitimately wants to be, and he does all he can to work towards that. I think you can, you know, his work ethic to me, that was something that really, really stuck out. And for someone, for a guy who the three team he's, teams he's been with, granted, he never actually played a real game with the Seahawks, but the three teams in the league he's been on, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and now the Steelers, or most recently, obviously the Steelers, they're all such defensively minded teams. And I mm -hmm. asked him when we did our one-on-one -on -one interview ahead of the Kansas City game, I said, you know, what, what's different about this Steelers defense? What, you know, you played in three systems that are very defensively minded. What's different about the Steelers? And he kind of just said, you know, it's so nice to be able to like play freely in the sense, the way that the Steelers defense plays where you mm -hmm. have a system, but you're allowed to find your success within the system. And you can sense he really liked that. He really enjoyed that. Now, what's going to be next is kind of hard to tell with him because at the end of the day, for all these guys, you know, as much as they want to be one place or the other, it does right. come down to a business decision. And if there's another franchise that he could end up going to, that's offering him more money offer, you know, offering him a really competitive team in a way for him, I, I couldn't argue with him saying, Hey, I'm going to go there. But at the same time, he talked about the bonds that he's made with the guys in this group in a very short period of time. Again, when he's only starting week 11, th there's not a ton of time here for him to kind of do that. But you, you could really just sense the way he grew with this defense. I think it would be a really good idea for them to keep him if they could. I know this might be a little, I, I don't want to say like controversial in a sense, yeah, but fine. I... I, if I'm going with him or Hayden, if you are, you know, handcuffing me and say, I have to pick one, I don't know. I, I kind of might lean towards Witherspoon because of where his ceiling could be, what he could do for this team. Does he still need to work out some things? Of course, he even said that. Um, not that Hayden is a bad option, but, you know, I, I just look at kind of the differences between the two. Hayden's such a veteran leader, and that's a huge thing. But mm -hmm. I think Witherspoon could be that in a couple of years as well. He could be. And that's the thing is that when you look at their, their times, Witherspoon's 26, like he's, this is his prime. Like he is him for him to play at the level that he did for the Steelers. And by the way, looking at their numbers, Witherspoon and only playing two, he played in 10 games for the Steelers this year. He played in 268 coverage snaps. He was targeted 35 times, allowing 17 catches. That's less than 50% of the time he was targeted, allowing a reception, only 266 yards. Uh, and uh, only, and he, he had a five pass breakups, three interceptions and only allowed one touchdown in the season. That's an NFL passer rating of 48 when going his way. Joe Hayden, um, you know, a, a lot of much, he, he allowed five touchdowns, but of course played 446, uh, you know, uh, you know, cover snaps. So he was out there a lot more. Um, he allowed 37 catches on 55 targets for 407 yards. Those are actually all 
decent numbers. Um, yeah. And he also had six pass breakups on the season, but no interceptions. But also, I mean, one thing that I think that like you brought up, like, you know, Joe Hayden's value is his leadership and what yeah. he brings to the table. And, you know, I've been, we've both been at practice where he leads that group in a lot of their talks and just they're, they're warming up who who's pushing the conversation. Who's the guy that everyone looks to, to be like, what do we do here? Joe Hayden's been that guy. And he's been, he's been that guy for a while. And that's, that's not something to just, you know, overlook when it comes to the impact. And also, you know, being in the right place, knowing situational football, the Steelers might not beat the Tennessee Titans. If Joe Hayden doesn't come in and make that tackle one yard, like a half a yard shy of a first down on fourth down. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's huge stuff that he brings, but I feel you Witherspoon with the way that he played, there's a bit of promise there that it's like, man, if you could bring him back now, mind you, you look at Akella Witherspoon's, his, his, his career, um, this year, he counted 1.5 million against the cap for the Steelers. He has a void unit's contract. That's going to, that's going to run that out. Um, he had, he had a one year, $4 million with the Seahawks that was fully guaranteed before, you know, before coming to the Steelers, if the Steelers could sign him, for around that kind of money for, you know, maybe six, seven, eight million dollars a year, that might be worth the shot just to see what he's like. Yeah. And then still maybe spend bigger money on another cornerback that you mm -hmm. want to bring in. Now, I think it's tough to bring back in both. Joe Hayden's going to be 33 next year and he's a heck of a leader. Um, yeah. And it's, but, and especially at like, you know, I think he cost the Steelers, what uh, he cost, like he cost the Steelers like $15.5 million in cap space last year. That that's a lot to, to recoup unless you're, unless you bring that down significantly. Um, so I, I feel you on Witherspoon, um, you know, but the question I think for the Steelers is, do they want to keep one of them or do they want to say, Hey, free agency, let's just go get, uh, you know, one of the best guys out there. Yeah. And that, that is going to be, I mean, I feel like we have so many off season questions for what this team's going to do, but that is a very, very intriguing route. It's where the Steelers going to go with this. Do they want to keep one? Do they want to go make a splash? How do they want to handle this? Mm -hmm. Knowing that your defense with the guys that you have on it, that you know are guaranteed to be here next year, AKA guys like TJ Watt, you know, more likely than not, Cam Hayward, I've seen some, is he retiring things? I'm like, let's pump the brakes on that, people. Like, I would say 99.99% no. Um, but, you know, guys like that, there's a window of opportunity here for this defense. So they know that they obviously have to build around. You know, we saw, obviously, the other day, Tyson Alualu saying, you know, he's coming back. That's going to be a huge boost. Again, we can yeah. see what this defensive line and, you know, the ripple effect into the backfield, into the secondary, what it could be. So that it's obviously a huge need in terms of how they're going to fare. But I obviously, you know, with how free agency works, it's going to be intriguing to see what the Steelers do. When we talked with Witherspoon on Thursday, he hadn't had his exit meeting with uh, head coach Mike Tomlin yet. So that's going to be intriguing, too, just to kind of see how he felt about it. Because, again, you know, he seemed like he really enjoyed it here. But, again, if money calls and you can go to a really competitive defense that's going to pay you $5 million more a year than what the team you're currently on is offering you. Why wouldn't you take that? You know? Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's just the position that you, you have to take advantage of the opportunity when it, when it's there. So um, I totally feel that that's going to be something that we explore for the next couple months as we head into free agency here. We're not done talking about that uh, throughout the off season, but I want to talk to Jenna about uh, Presley Harvin. The Steelers, the Steelers punter, who um, you know, he came back in the playoff game, and all you know, all things aside, he had a 
really good game punting the ball and the Steelers needed him to keep themselves in it early. Um, but there's a lot to his story and a lot to that situation that I think needs to be combed over more. We're going to do that in just a minute here, but first I got to talk to you guys about get upside. Hey, Steelers fans, this is Chris Carr with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Be sure to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. We're also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action of 2022. In the new year, there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll get started on betonline.ag. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 on BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and BetOnline where the game starts. And Jenna, when we do back-to-back ad reads, we keep it rolling here. Now, let's talk about some Presley Harvin because his story um, touched a lot of people, and uh, the Steelers kept it covered up for quite some time. They didn't let him know until he posted it on Instagram, you know, what he was going through. But uh, the Steelers, you know, you know, you know, drafted Presley Harvin in the seventh round. He had had some not good games. He had been, you know, saying he was, he was, you know, in the bottom percentile of punters in the NFL as far as his production this year. And then it was revealed that his father uh, was 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 dying from a terminal illness um, throughout the season, and he was able to come to. Uh, I forget which home game it was. I want to say it was the Titans game. It was um, the Titans game. Yeah. It, 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 it was the Titans game. He got to the Steelers got to set it up so that he would hit him and the family would be there to see Presley Harvin in that Titans game, and uh, that was you know shortly afterwards he died, and um, that was a uh, you know, that was a sad story. And then two weeks later, Presley Harvin's grandmother dies, and Presley Harvin stepped away from the team for a couple weeks. They had Corliss Waitman come in, and Corliss Waitman punted well. He punted fifty two point seven yards per punt on seven punts for the Steelers this past season. When Presley Harvin came back, Mike Tomlin said, hey, we're not going to limit ourselves to one punt or the other. We're just going to see how it goes. And they trusted Presley Harvin the third to go in there, punt the ball in the playoffs against the against the Chiefs. And uh, he had seven punts that averaged 49.7 yards per punt. He thought, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. I, I thought that was a good story. But, you know, there were still some people like, you know, hey, they shouldn't, they still shouldn't have brought him back. They should have stuck with Corliss Waitman. But Jenna, when you hear all the stories about Presley Harvin, it just makes you think, where's the empathy for people going through this kind of stuff? Because he talked about his mental health was in a really tough place when he was losing two very close family members. Yeah. And I'm going to try and not get emotional because it has been when we talked with him on Zoom and he kind of gave us so much incredible insight. Like I really encourage everybody to listen to that full interview because you can just see 
all that this 23-year-old kid. I think we have to yeah. remember that. And sometimes it's so hard because we look at NFL players and we're like, oh, you're this athlete we put on a pedestal that is this superhuman. They, you know, they have these superhuman abilities. They're some of the best athletes in the world. We tend to forget sometimes that they're actual normal human beings too. They have the same feelings. Mm -hmm. They have the same grief. They have all of that. Yep. And my biggest thing was, you know, there were a lot of people criticizing him. Mm -hmm. And it was understandable at times because of his performance. But then it's like, look a little bit deeper here. Because again, he revealed, he put it out in the public that his father was dealing with a terminal illness. And this yep. isn't something, you know, you're, you find out, you know, your dad is cancer and then two weeks later he passes away. Like this is a long sustained thing. This is something yep. that he was dealing with for a while. We don't know how long. I'm not going to sit here and speculate, but this is more than just, you know, or getting a phone call that someone you knew passed away in a car crash. Like right. this is something you're kind of- It weighs on you. For. Absolutely. So not only is he dealing with that, he's a rookie, he's going through all of this. And then so his dad passes away and then his grandmother passes away two weeks later. I mean, I can't imagine the toll that would take on anybody, let alone a punter in the NFL, a rookie punter who's in a new city by himself yep. for an entirely, you know, he's been here. It's so new. All of it is to him. He's dealing with everything. And also not to mention that the punter is one of the most mental positions mm -hmm. on a football team. You know, you have to have a tough mentality. Uh, yes, it is in football, but again, these are real people and we need to yep. remember that. And you could just see, it was, it was incredible the way that Harvin was talking with all of us, but you can just see, you know, what he was going through. And, you know, he, I asked him, I said, you know, you, you talk about mental toughness, you talk about having mental toughness and it being a big thing. And you really dove into what it means to be mentally tough. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest thing you learned this off season about yourself? And he said, you know, he looked us all dead in the face and said, you know, sometimes it's okay to not be okay. And that was an incredible line. You and I talked about that before we started recording here, but mm -hmm. you know, mental health is such a big thing and I'll go on and on and on about that. No, but, no. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it doesn't, athletes aren't exempt from mental health because they're athletes and they're making millions of dollars and mm -hmm. you know, they're supposed to be these, Oh, I'm tough. I'm po like you, you, they go through grief too. Yep. Um, um, uh, you can tell I got a lot. Of no, keep going. This is great because here's the thing: we, 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 whenever it's time to to talk up, whenever it's popular to talk about, when Simone Biles makes her stand at the Olympics, when yeah. Trey Tipton, the pit wide receiver, talks about mental health issues, and people want to say, "Oh, yeah, we're, we're we're so supportive of this," but then when a punter's having a rough time, and then it's and, and like I and again, criticism of in-game play totally reasonable. He yeah. wasn't punting well, and there were certainly real questions about that. But when it was revealed what he was going through, and people were still being like. Eh, this guy's done. He'll never be good in the NFL. I'm like, what are you? What are you looking at? It would. How would? You, how would you like it if you and your job, you had a rough day, you lost two close family members, you had you had a rough time at your job during that time, and then you were judged and said you should never be able to work in your career again because of those moments. That would be unfair. And yeah. yes, the NFL is un, is an unfair business. It's it's a it's performance based, and it's a what have you done for me lately league. But the Steelers know that guy was the first black punter to ever win the Ray Guy Award. He I watched him boom punts at Georgia Tech. They know that he has something in him that they want to draw out, which is why they, they, they're, they've they stuck with him. And, and it was also, I thought it was really interesting, Harvin also talked about how him and Corliss Waitman were the only two active black NFL punters in the league, both on the same roster. Now, Waitman has since 
joined the Broncos since being let go by the Steelers because they needed to get Juju on the roster. But, um, but you know, like that's that. There's a lot of pressure there. I don't. I think that people don't think about. And then you deal with this with with the family issues. That's those are significant things that can't be overlooked. And one of the most incredible things too, when we were talking with Harvin to, or on to, on Thursday, he was giving Waitman the utmost praise. Mm-hmm. He was so over the. It was it was honestly incredible. I was kind of sitting there wide eyed because you expect you know oh I want a good competition you know I want someone to push. He could not have spoken higher mm-hmm. of Corliss Waitman, and it was just it was one of those things where you're like you really want to root for this guy. You really want to root for Presley Harvin the third because of just the way he carries himself. And he even said, you know, what um, Noah Strack being asked him, you know, about what his plans for the off season were. And he goes, you know, I'm ready to go kick in all types of weather. He's like, I want to get better. It's not like, and he even admitted to, he's like, I knew I wasn't playing well. That's just the reality of what he was dealing with. And again, you know, I was, I'm not trying to sit here and make excuses. You know, there are things that he needs to improve upon that he says he needs to improve upon. But at the same time, when you're going through something as mentally tough as that, and you're dealing with so much, not to mention, I think also a lot of people maybe for, Forgetting that, hey, we're kind of still dealing with a little bit of a global pandemic. That's yes, there's that too. All of us. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, it just, it was really inspirational. I, I really do encourage a lot of people to kind of go and just listen to um, what Harvin said and just how he spoke. Um, and, you know, I, I, I ex- you know, we express our ex- sincere condolences to him. I mean, I, I, I physically just can't imagine what that was like. And for him to perform the way he yep. performed in Kansas City, also, not to mention his grandmother passed away the day before, the night before the Ravens game, he told Jeez. us. The night before. And he said, he's like, I there was a decision to make Sunday morning. And I said, Mm -hmm. I wanted to go out there because I wanted to be able to show people that adversity affects you, but you can still get through it. You can Mm -hmm. still like, if that right there, isn't mental toughness. I don't know what is. It's a, it's a, it's a great point. And I I think that it's something that people overlook too much they because they they just want to see their their team win they want to they, they don't understand why they're why such and such player isn't doing well and that becomes an issue and i think that people forget the humanity that needs to be involved when you're looking at these, these people are human beings um and uh and for presley harvard like and look this isn't saying that if presley harvard comes back and stinks next year that he that he that, that they need to keep him on the team and let him continue to stink this is saying you know what hey maybe there's something going on there because this guy was an amazing college punter the best college punter in the in the country last year and wow. then you know, there were times this year where things worked. There's times this year when things didn't. And then you you know, and, and the thing is the Steelers, they know, they know what's going on. They 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 know it. They they weren't gonna reveal it because that's his private business. It's not our business to know that his father was terminally ill, his grandmother wasn't doing well, and those and those things were happening. And then when we find and so I again I understand people saying, Hey, he wasn't doing well. I'm not saying that 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 I, I hope I'm I don't care about his dad. I'm just saying I want him to I want the Steelers to have a good punter, and I get that. But there's times to weigh that with the decision uh, when you know it was like, okay, you knew the situation. What was was that? Now you need to understand. I I think even outside of, you know, emotional things, you don't know what somebody's going through physically. There's sometimes an injury in 2018. Chris Boswell had the worst year of his career. People were talking about cutting him in Pittsburgh. And I'm looking like, are you crazy? This guy has been the most consistent kicker in football. And for one year, he had a rough time. Let's see if he can rebound for that. And then. Here he is again. He, it's him and uh, Justin Tucker as the best kickers in the NFL, uh, you know, for the past like three years. So or six years, however long it's been since 2018 or I guess it's three years. Uh, but point being, 
Presley Harvin deserves another shot. And should they have kept Corliss Waveman? I think they should have tried to find a way because I think having both of them compete in camp would have been great. And then yeah. it would have been like, you know, if, if Corliss Waveman wins it then, great. And you know you know who it is. Presley Harvin will catch on somewhere else. But for Presley Harvin, I, I do not think it just means you automatically cut him or you just throw him to the side because he had rough times while he was going through rough times. Yeah. And one little quick aside, because I just checked, I tweeted a video of him earlier. Mm -hmm. And you know... It's a good thing when no one is to when all people are tweeting are positive things. Yeah. There, the comments on this tweet are you know, props to him for hanging in there. He was one of the few bright spots in the KC fiasco. He had a very difficult time, but I believe he'll turn it around this offseason. Uh, prop salute to you, uh, Presley Harvin. Keep doing your thing. It's okay to not be okay. Like when the internet is reacting that way, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, you, you know there's something going on there. Um, Dana, it's, a, it's an amazing story. We hope to see more from Presley Harvin um, in the com in the coming years. Uh, we hope to see him rebound. I mean, if, if he can become a good punter for the Steelers in the next few years, he'll be a, he'll be one of the best stories I think in the NFL. Uh, you know, as a as a as a very rare black punter, but also a um, a person who has overcome serious grief. Uh, and again, people suffer grief their own way. You know, someone might bring up, well, Brett Favre played the day after his dad died. You know what? Some people grieve grieve you know work through their pain and their grief. You know, by 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 working through it. Some people work through it by grieving through it and being with their families. You know, yeah. I don't judge people for either way. Um, that that being said, we got to move on. We got to talk about the games this weekend. We will we will get back to Presley Harvard at some point this, uh, during this offseason. I'm sure that'll be something that gets talked about. But first, before we get into some games, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fitter, eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're sitting there thinking, this isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories four grams of sugar and four net carbs and just seven and they pack 17 pans of, of grams of protein you compare that to the average candy bar that has 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs that's that's a, a much healthier option so go find all the places you stashed all your snacks and your unhealthy treats throw them all out replace them with built bars you can find all the amazing flavors that you can love at built.com that you can that you can replace them with and what those flavors range from coconut almond to peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream and and so many more so be sure to go to uh, go to built.com right now and you can get your your special offer from built.com by using locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order at built.com Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Jenna Harner on a Jenna Harner Friday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Jenna, let's get to the picks because last week was interesting. Um, actually, let me let, wait. Let's review. I think did we did we split last week at all? Because like, we both picked the Chiefs. I forget. I forget who who you picked last week. Because I had the the two ones that I got wrong. I thought the Cowboys would beat the Niners. And I thought yep. the oh no, you picked the Cardinals. That was the one I picked. I picked the Rams. I think you picked the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that was the only one that we that we split on. So there's that. Um, yep. So so I'm up a game on you in the playoffs. Uh, 
<laughs> Bring so it. There, there, there we are. Um, here we go. It's 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 the divisional round, which means we get four games, which means we have seven more football games this year. We have these four, two in the AFC and the NFC championship games, and then the Super Bowl. Where does the time go, man? I'm gonna be hating the fact that there's no more football. Um, yeah. but uh, but um, we got we got some great games this weekend, all of which will be, I think, ones that everyone needs to tune into. First, Saturday, 4 30 p.m. The AFC North champions, Cincinnati Bengals, roll into town after beating the Las Vegas Raiders last week. But they face the one seed Tennessee Titans, who maybe they get Derrick Henry back. We're still waiting to see if he officially gets the start on the weekend and what actually happens there. But they're hoping that he does. This has been a team, Jenna, that the Titans they've had a they've had a really strong they've had a really strong year. Um, of course, winning the one seed, they won four of their last five. The only team that they lost to in their last five games coming out of the bye week was the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is going to be an interesting matchup here. Ryan Tannehill, he's managed to keep things together, but this defense has also played very well. This is going to be an interesting matchup for Joe Burrow, who's going to be facing a secondary that has experienced guys like Kevin Byard that are going to be trying to pick him off in this game. Um, you know, this Jamar Chase is going to be going up against cornerbacks that I think that he can take advantage of. But the Titans also, they bring the heat in the pass rush. They got Bud Dupree. They've got Jeffrey Simmons. They're going to be getting after Joe Burrow and that, and he got sacked 51 times this year. I'm going with the home team. I'm saying the Titans win this game. It's going to be close, but I think that they find a way to win and they come out on top over the Bengals, who they they got their playoff win. They snapped their 31 year streak of not having of not having a playoff win. But I think the Titans they're going to be heading to the AFC Championship game and they'll host it. I am really intrigued. I'm not going to lie. This is a really intriguing one to me. I'm going with the Bengals. So we're Ooh. starting off with a little split. All right. All right. All right. And it is going to come down to Joe Burrow. But I think that there isn't this stress for this team anymore of, oh, my God, we have to get this playoff win. Oh, my God, mm -hmm. what are people going to say about us? Now they're just kind of playing loose. Now we get to go, or we, they get to go into Tennessee. They get to show what they can do all, what they've done all season. And it is going to come down to if that offensive line can protect Burrow. If they can hold up against the pass rush and give Joe Burrow the time to hit Jamar Chase deep, all of a sudden that game changes entirely. I think the Bengals just have a more explosive offense. If I have to pick a quarterback that I trust more, I am going with Joe Burrow over Ryan Tannehill right now, which believe it or not is crazy to say because Burrow's just in his second season and he missed a decent chunk of last year. But I'm going with the Bengals. Let's do it. Now, uh, according to ESPN, Derrick Henry did pass the contact contact test and to, to be to be uh, to be at practice this week. So that could be a factor here because I, I agree. If you know what, if, if Derrick Henry is definitely out. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be intrigued to see it. You know, Mike Vrabel said the Titans still have to decide on his status, but if Derrick Henry plays, I, I think that changes a lot. I think that the Bengals are going to have a, would have a hard time dealing with him. And I think that the Steelers are, excuse me, I think the Bengals uh, are, would, would struggle and the Titans would be a team that could take advantage of that situation. But that being said, there's our first split. Let's go to the NFC. Jenna, the Niners are playing the Packers. The Niners have, they, they've been on an improbable run to get where they are. Uh, they they were down 17 points to the Rams back in week 18. If they had lost that game, the Saints would have been in the playoffs. Then they go on the road to play a Cowboys team that had been playing well this season with Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, Ezekiel uh, Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, all those players. And they gutted out a tough win in a controversial ending that was that, that was, you know, that was all over the news. 
Now they go into that. Now they go into Lambeau Field, all the way across the country to the Midwest to the Upper North. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be freezing. The Packers are are coming off the bye week, and they've got Devontae Adams. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But here's the kicker: here, Jenna, lifetime Ben Roth or excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger. This is what happens when when you cover the Steelers all the time. You start saying all their names. Aaron Rodgers is 0-3 lifetime versus the Niners in the playoffs. They have had his number. It's been different times, you know, different quarterbacks. You know, Alex Smith or Colin Kaepernick or Jimmy Garoppolo last year, the the, the, the year the, the year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, but I this has to be the year. This has to be the year that they, that, that, that he puts that to bed and that he gets to he, they work their way to the Super Bowl. I, I think the Packers are much better suited to deal with it. But what say you? Yeah, I'm going with the Packers in this one. And I think one of the reasons why, I mean, obviously we know they're an explosive team. We know, you look on paper, I think no doubt they are the better team. But they played a decent amount of their starters for that first half game against the regular in the regular season finale against the Lions when they didn't have to because you know they don't want to be rusty look at what happened was it last year or two years ago when they had the one seed and then they lost in the first round or the you know the second the divisional round um I just think that they have too many weapons. They finally have a multifaceted offense where you got a run game and the pass game. It isn't just Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball 45 times a game. They have that run game ability with Aaron Jones. They Their defense really has put things together too. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe as of, I want to say the last time I checked was Wednesday, he is dealing with that thumb injury, he I is. believe, and he's yeah. not, he's going to play, but reportedly, but he's not reportedly a hundred percent. And I think that factors in huge as well. No, yeah, it, it does factor in. And even though Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, uh, is it the, 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 the superstar quarterback, you know, he's not, he's not the Aaron Rodgers there. He has been a good manager for this Niners team that lives off a ground game that lives off a of defense and he takes advantage of what's there. Um, you know, so I, his health is going to be important to this game, but, uh, but ultimately I still think it comes down to, like you said, it's going to the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. He has that game. I think also Devonte Adams, he is the nightmare that the, that the, that to the Niners, he's the kryptonite to what the Niners do on defense. They don't have the corners to run with him. And I think that's going to be a major problem going into this game. Now, for the Sunday games, 3 o'clock, kicking off, it's the Rams at the Buccaneers. Both of these teams won last week to get to this part of, part of the playoffs. The Rams won pretty convincingly. Well, both teams actually won pretty convincingly in, in, their, yeah. in their games. Um, the Rams put away the Cardinals fast to show they were the better NFC West team. And uh, the Buccaneers, they beat up on the Eagles. But this is an interesting situation because you're dealing with Tom Brady, who you know next year he turns 45 and then he always said he wants to play until he's 45 and the buccaneers are hurt up their offensive line is deal is going through it um you know no chris godwin no antonio brown they've done a phenomenal job dealing with those injuries but this is a rams team now that they're starting to feel it you look at you look at the way they played they beat up on the cardinals 34 to 11 there now they lost the niners 27 24 in that in week 18 but before that they were on a five game win streak so they've won now six of their last seven games and their only loss was to a divisional opponent they have a their pass rush their defensive front is going to i think cause too much havoc for tom brady aaron donald's going to be getting up in his face and we all know tom brady does not deal with internal pressure up the middle well that's the key factor for me. I say that the Rams find a way to win this one. 
I was going to say, that's how you beat Tom Brady in the playoffs right there. You yep. get in his face, you pressure him. He hates it. He doesn't enjoy that at all. And with mm -hmm. a really winged up offensive line, that bows really well for that defensive rush from the Rams. I also just think the Rams have really kind of caught fire at the right time. You know, again, they've won, you said they won six of their last seven. Yep. OBJ is finally getting things going. Mm -hmm. And Cooper and Cup is just phenomenal. He's the best receiver in football. It's ridiculous. I mean, that offense is just so high powered. I'm going to be really like, in my mind, ideally, I would love to see Packers Rams just because like, let's get the ball thrown a million times. And that just would be fun. That will be really fun. Hey, maybe we'll get there. Who knows? But I'm going with you. I'm picking the Rams in this one. It's so hard to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And if they had a fully healthy offensive line and he had that full complement of a receiving core, then I'd be like, eh, this one's a lot more difficult. I'm not saying that, you know, it isn't going to be close because, again, you can never count out Tom Brady in the playoffs. But I just think the explosiveness that the Rams offense provides and that pass rush on the defense, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one. Now, to me, this next, this last one is the most fun game. This is the one I'm the most excited about. You got two premier quarterbacks getting ready to duke it out. They're in their prime. They've got they've got talented players all around them. The Buffalo Bills head into Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs, of course, coming off beating the Steelers. The Bills, of course, coming out coming off beating the Patriots. Um, this is going to be an exciting game, I think, from beginning to end. These two teams played each other in the AFC Championship game last year. And I, I said that, that, that going into that game, I just thought Kansas City was the more mature team. They knew how to deal with it. That was the first time the Bills had really had some juice. And you saw the Bills in, in that game. They went up 9 nothing, and then they allowed the, the Chiefs to go on a 21-point run that just, that just buried them. And they were able to make it close, but you saw them falter and get frustrated late. This year, I do think it's different. Josh Allen's more prepared. Stephon Diggs has, has dealt with this. The defense playing well. Their safeties are playing phenomenally. I, I really think this is the year, Jenna, that the Bills actually do it and knock off the Chiefs. I think also the Chiefs, they're playing the number one defense in the league this year. The Bills were the number one defense, even without Tredavious White, to finish the season. This is a huge turn. For, you know, for the for the Bills, if they can if they can knock the Chiefs off their rocker the way they the Steelers did in the first quarter, but they put up points unlike the Steelers did, I think the Chiefs go into a much worse hole and it get, there's a lot more pressure on them, and that leads to a victory for the Bills in the end. I saw a tweet the other day that said that uh, Allen and Mahomes is the modern day Brady Manning, and could I be. Find it could be. That's gonna. This is gonna be a fun rivalry for years to come, no doubt about it. But I think the Bills are going to win this game for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, can we talk about that Micah Hyde interception? That was who? Oh my! Like <laughs> we were. We're in Kansas City. We're at uh, Joe's barbecue it's this gas station barbecue restaurant amazing i know they're not a sponsor but just like i mean come on if you're in kansas city That's you should fine. go there no doubt um but everyone in the restaurant was just like oh my god like what just happened nobody <laughs> knew and that was a ridiculous pass from mac jones it wasn't a bad ball at all that yeah. was just one of those oh my goodness don't throw over the middle on this defense i just think that the way the bills exercised every demon imaginable they had last week. The confidence that that gives them going into this week is monumental. I think if they'd come off a close game or, you know, they were down and they had to claw their way back in, and I think this might be different, but that was just an absolute 
beat down against a very solid defense. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Patriots defense is a lot better than the Chiefs defense. No, actually, the, actually, the I believe the Patriots scoring wise were number two to the Bills being number one. To the yeah, to the Bills number one. So it was the top two scoring defense in the league, and you did. They had a perfect game. That was the mm -hmm. baseball equivalent of a perfect game or football yep. equivalent of a perfect game. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> we're going baseball. You know, <laughs> we're just moving right on from football, apparently. Uh, my long winded answer here is I think the Bills win. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. It's going to take one splash play in the beginning, and then the Bills really find their groove. And there's the picture kind of circulating on social media where Stefan Diggs was just kind of sitting there with his hands on his helmet, watching the celebration mm -hmm. for the Chiefs. And he said, you know, he remembers this. This Bills team remembers that. And this is a Bills team that has a stronger defense. And this is a Chiefs team that has a weaker defense than that game, the AFC Championship game a year ago. I'm going with the Bills, but this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun weekend. These are all great matchups. I think everyone's excited to see what kind of game, what, what kind of games these are. So I believe our only split for the weekend is you have the Bengals. I have the Titans. We have agreed on the, the Rams beating the Bucks, the Packers beating the Niners, and the Bills beating the Chiefs. Let us know who you picked. You can find uh, find us on Twitter. I'm, I'm at Carter Critiques, Jenna, at Jenna Hunter 11. Uh, you'll, you can find, I'll be tweeting out this show. So if you find that link, drop your predictions and tell us where we're wrong or where we're right. If you agree with us there. Also, just, you know, share the show we always appreciate anyone who does on social media jenna we thank you so much for, for for showing up every friday and doing all this it's been it's always a great time um thanks for joining us again let people can find you follow you and get more of your work chris this is my favorite part about fridays what's not to love um we have fun we have fun here uh you can find me on twitter at jenna harner 11 instagram uh jenna underscore harner i think it's jenna harner or something just search jenna harner you'll find it um but yeah tweet at us seriously you know this is i now that football season's over, I get my Sundays back. So I'm going to go. pose it up on the couch with some pop-up <laughs> food going on uh, watching these games. So this is going to be a, a fun weekend for sure. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for joining us here. We look forward to having you again next week right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, previewing the AFC and NFC championship games. I'm Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for, for, for watching this show or listening to this show. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. If you're watching the video on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, get all our great content. Give us a five-star view on Apple with a positive comment, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. That's it for the week. We'll be back on Monday. We'll probably recap some some football see what the biggest biggest results were and then we'll be talking to you more about what you know what's going on with the Steelers getting you ready as they continue to work their way into the offseason